And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, never on Wednesdays, always on Mondays. We did a little flip-flop this week with Michele and Alex. It's Michele Barra. Michele, what's up? Well, I was uh, almost dying at the beginning of the pod. <clears throat> Not okay, but uh, no. but hey. <laughs> I just thought you were crying just because the music is so beautiful. Yes, it is. You know? it, is it is awesome. Um, <laughs> spectacular intro. So, uh, I want to, before we get into some Thunder stats, I wanted to dig through some Thunder stats today. I wanted to uh, give a huge thanks to the Thunder organization and to... Uh, everybody that showed up on Monday night to our down to dunk night at the arena. It was a just a dream come true, honestly. If you're watching live on YouTube, uh, I'm putting up the photo of our group that was there. Uh, we were at the Tap House before the game, did a show that due to not even technical difficulties, just due to difficulties that I was having, uh, we did not record that show. <laughs> Which is fine. Those live shows are difficult uh, sound-wise anyways. So mm-hmm. if you were there, you heard it. If you weren't, you didn't. But it's okay. We had a lot of fun. Uh, got to go to the game. Got to see a good Poku game, which yeah. was nice. And then uh, we got to go on the court. We did a half-court shot competition, which uh, Sarika won. Mm-hmm. Uh, big congrats. She listened to the prize pack. She won McKelly. She won a miniature basketball signed by Lou Dort, which is really wow. cool. And then she won two courtside seats to a future game. Wow. Like, it's like a real, a real, real prize. Like, yes. This isn't just like a basket of fruit or candy. This is like <laughs> real. I was so excited yeah. when I heard that. I was so so pumped when I heard that. That is so kind from the from the organization to to, to sponsor this uh, this night in, in that way. Like it it's uh, yeah, it's awesome. Big shouts to Magmatics for helping us out, getting the the ball rolling, organizing everything, making a down to dunk sign that was in the arena, which was really cool to see our logo mm-hmm. just like <laughs> out in the middle of the arena. Oh, it was just all just amazing. So, uh, man, I never, I will never forget that. It was an amazing night, and it was uh, fun and overwhelming and everything. So, big, big thanks to everybody that was able to uh, come to that. We will do more. It went well. Everybody behaved themselves, and there's a few things I hope to improve upon for next time, but. Mm-hmm. For a first time, I thought it was great. So. Well, uh, I'm just miffed. 
I know. Because it wasn't there. I missed you. Somebody um, shouted out. So I, before everybody left, I said like a few words and somebody yelled out, we miss Mikey. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, I mean, so you were missed, no doubt. Thank you. Uh, I did, before we get started, I did, did want to, I don't know how, if you're following this story, it's um, the story of Julius Jones in Oklahoma City. Um, he's been put, it's, it's a man who was put on death row. Um, mm-hmm. It's the guy who the uh, Tyler Parker tweeted about? Tyler Parker's been tweeting about it. Mm-hmm. You go, I mean, if, if you don't know the story, just go to justiceforjulius.com. One, you can support, there are ways to support him. And then there's just information about the case. So I encourage mm-hmm. you to go there. Um, there are walkouts happening right now. Like I get goosebumps thinking about it. Um, and I usually don't talk about stuff like this, but I just felt led to talk about it. Someone tweeted at me and I've just been thinking about it. Um, and there's walkouts happening right now at a lot of local high schools um, in support of him. Um, he is set to be killed tomorrow. And so this is kind of the last chance for, I mean, he is overwhelmingly innocent. When you read about it, there's a documentary about it. There's all kinds of stuff out there on it. But when you look, when you look at it, look at the case, it's like you should be infuriated. Like you should feel something. Um, so I encourage you guys to go to justiceforjulius.com. At least sign the petition. There's a way to send an email to our governor. Uh, let's just like flood his inbox today. Let's just flood it with... And then you can also make a phone call too, which I'd encourage you to do as well. So um, just an incredible injustice that's happening right before our eyes. It shouldn't happen in 2021. Like it just shouldn't happen. So um, I would encourage you guys to go check that out. So Hoopsock69, I'll give you a quick, just a quick summary. I'm not going to go into the whole thing, um, but I, again, justiceforjulius.com. Um Essentially, 20 years ago, he was framed for a murder that he didn't commit. Um, He, since then, one, he had had an attorney that was inexperienced, didn't know what he was doing, basically didn't defend him. He got framed. The guy who was the prosecuting attorney was essentially just a joke. He had a bunch of his cases overturned. He was, he's a guy that should not have been an attorney and put a lot of innocent people behind bars. There was a lot of racism that went along with this case. Anyhow, um, he gets put in prison. The guy that committed the murder admitted that he did it. And people have signed a petition. There's been affidavits signed that he was the one who did it. It's like, it is one of like the most like, mind-bending cases that you would have ever read. And to think that it can't just be overturned or changed is wild. Um, Alex Bullerjack in the chat says, give yourself 30 minutes for the phone call. Um, Hit zero twice to get a real person. So, okay. I do think that's important. I do think it's important that we put this on the show today. Um, So, yeah. No real good transition from there but I did feel led um, to talk about that today because it is a, if you're just a 
person, if you, I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a person of faith and I just think, um, that this is just something that like you should feel, you should feel something about this. Not even, even if you're not a person of faith, I shouldn't, I mean, there's really not even a reason to say that other than the fact that like those kind of things will move me, but, um, it should move you if you're just a person. Cause like somebody shouldn't just die because, because of the errors of people 20 years ago. So, uh, okay. The thunder, they are normal, bad losing in normal, bad ways to the heat. Alex mm-hmm. and I talked about that the other day. Was it Alex and I? No, no, it wasn't. No. Um, With you, Joe and John. Yes. I thought the zone, the zone, if you are an NBA coach, and you care anything about preparing for the Thunder, you should try a zone. Do you yeah. disagree? A zone without a big man, um, because that is important as well. I yeah. mean, Miami, yes, they had Deadmond, but Deadmond is a very switchable guy. And um, either you basically remove the big man from the equation entirely, um, or you, you try a very aggressive zone that stays really high, uh, leaves the corner open, and you basically have two lines of, the, of defense, uh, one after the other, very, one very close to the other, so that Shea cannot really gain speed um, from the moment when he beats the, the first man to the second defender is on his way. This is something that Shea masters to such a high degree. Um, and and take, take the game against Philly. You can't say that Philly is a bad defensive team. Yeah. But you can see that Joel Embiid stays down mm-hmm. like and like with one of the feet outside of the restricted area, the, the other one inside. And, and Matisse Thibel stretches far away from the basket. Mm-hmm. Tybal is a great defender, but Shea can beat that line of defense almost every time, almost against anyone, especially if you don't double. Yeah. And so and and when he does it, then if you let him gain speed and if he, if he has like options in front of him like he can like go left, right and 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 decide at the at the end of the motion where he's going to to go, it is extremely hard to 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 guard him in space. Um, <clears throat> if you if you like make that that distance short, and you put a guy that is away from the basket, yeah. then Shea doesn't have the same. Um, it's not. It's it's just not the, the something that he's used to go against. I remember when he struggled a lot against Houston two yep. years ago. Yep. Because Houston was using the same kind of defense, mm-hmm. uh, like no big man. Uh, double or like very aggressive defense, uh, and and this is something that Shea doesn't beat well as of yeah. today. Yeah. I think the counter is to just shot a lot of three uh, threes and and make them because once he does that, then you really cannot afford mm-hmm. to play defense in in this way. And and some of the possessions they they really are just doubling him. Mm-hmm. Um, avoiding him to go right and just trap him every single time. And I was talking with it um, about it with John. I said, well, OKC is not able quickly to have a deadly shooter open. The moment that they have that, that kind of defense can can stay in the game just for like for little time. Mm-hmm. Because it's you can't leave a Seth Curry open. 
on, yeah. on the corner. You just can't. Yeah. Because it's going to to make ten trees and it's better to to guard Shay and, and trap him um in a in an opportunistic way. Like you may trap once or twice just to, to cause a turnover, not as a scheme of defense, because you can cheat um uh, on OKC's shooter shooters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well and they really found the way to shut Shay down who is tops and drives he's he is second in points per game in isolation right now in the nba in the whole nba yeah and james harden leads the league he's number one 8.2 points per game in isolation shay's number two at 7.4 then it drops off pretty significantly to Mm 5.2 and that's kevin durant so here's the list like let's just go through the top top 10 in isolation Mm-hmm. Number one, James Harden. Number two, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Number three. Do you also have the efficiency? Just just for curiosity. Yeah, 0.97 points per possession. That's not bad. Shea? Yeah, Shea. Wow. Yeah. No, that's not bad at all. So, like, Harden, outrageously efficient. 1.18. Isn't that nuts? Wow. <laughs> uh, Kevin is 1.08. Um, yeah. which is very good. Um, number four, Giannis. Number five, Joel Embiid, 1.01. Number six, Jason Tatum, 0.77. Uh, what yeah. number am I on? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I wish they would number things on NBA.com. Seven, mm-hmm. Bradley Beal at 1.15. That's four and a half points. Eight, Luka Doncic. Nine, DeMar DeRozan. Ten, John Morant. What do all these guys have in common, McKelly? All-stars. That they're freaking superstars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like all these guys. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if you want evidence that the Thunder have a star in Oklahoma City, go check out the isolation numbers because you are not, I mean, there's not a just rando guy on the in the top ten. That is just yeah. like, oh, like that's pretty cool. There's not. There's barely a random guy in the top 20. Yeah. And, and we're talking numbers, about I mean, somebody that's averaging 7.4. I mean, that's he is more than double the amount of Jalen Brown. Like, you want to talk about Jalen Brown? Like, Jalen Brown's had he a was nice an all-star. season. He has been an all-star. He's having yeah. a really nice season. He is more than double the amount of ISO points. Yeah. Yeah, that's the crazy part, the number of points. And I guess, well, maybe they count the free throws afterwards, uh, like the free throws that they generate without shooting. I don't know. Um, I have to check, but I don't think that that is the case because if you add those, then I I, I imagine that guys like Harden and Shea will distance themselves from themselves from the other even more. Yeah. Um, and um, so, yeah, I mean, on one end, you can argue that... Um, having a player like that who takes so much uh, in ISO is not necessarily a good thing going forward because, I mean, I mean, Houston's, uh, the, the Houston led Harden, um, well, Harden led Houston, whatever. Uh, when when uh, Harden was in Houston, mm-hmm. um, I mean, the problem is, well, you shut down Harden, you shut down the team. But you can also argue that those players are the ones that when you put functional spl- functional players around them, this is where you can be extremely dangerous in the playoffs. 
Yeah. Because, I mean, if you have a guy that can get points, even if, if it's around one in, efficient, in offensive efficiency, it's not great. But this is a season where the efficiency is down overall. Yep. Uh, and, and if you play in space, if you put around Shea guys like, uh, um, I don't know, Joe Harris, mm-hmm. we are not, we're not talking about like super duper elite guys like Clay Thompson. Right. Just put like shooters. <gasps> yeah. I, I, I want to read you a list, like just, just one line. Yeah. Do you, can you guess the efficiency of Mike Muscala over the past four games? Efficiency and net rating, please. Like points per possession and net rating? Yes. 1.5 and 125. I don't know. No, the, the, the overall net rating is still bad because it's still OKC, but plus 18.2 net rating. Oh, okay. I got you. And oh, 80% you effective yeah, field goal. 80. 1.6 points per possession. 1.6. Yes, the true shooting is even higher because he actually had to take free throws. So it's 85 true shooting. That is unbelievable. 85.85. That is unbelievable. It's, it, it's insane. So the point is, put functional players around Shea where the defense cannot double with ease. And that guy in isolation can be as efficient or close to James Harden. Yeah. I have I have no doubts. Uh, and he, This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This this actually just leads into a question that we got from... Uh, our guy, sports fan 405 at 405 mm-hmm. fan on Twitter. So he asks, or he says, you can choose to give minutes to Muscala and Kenrich or to Man, Wiggins, Vit, Poku, Roby, any of those guys. Who do you prefer getting minutes to right now? This is of a, course. This is a 405 trap. Yeah, it's um, it's the young guys, of course. Yeah, they I should get the majority of the minutes. Yeah, I I think so too. However, I believe the Thunder think the answer to that is both. Exactly. Because I, I agree 100%. And Mark is I've talked to Mark about this a lot is that he wants to have Kenrich out there when Trey Mann and Poku are out there because he's going yeah. to show them, not only tell them on the bench, do what the coaches do, but show them while they're out there what they should be doing, where they should be, yes. How, yes. how to do it. Let me show you how to do it while you're out here. And I'll, I'll say this, just from observing and getting to see things up close, 
the development stuff is for real. Like they are throwing crazy resources. They are fully on board with development of everybody. And they believe a piece of the development is not just minutes, but that it's having players that have the traits that they want. And they, and Marcus started using the language of this is a thunder player. Like this is a thunder guy. These are thunder guys. Like Ken Rich mm-hmm. is a thunder guy. And he, JRE is a thunder guy. Like he's, he's said those things. Um, so I think that they want to make sure that guys that maybe aren't necessarily thunder guys, like I don't, Trey man is not innately a thunder guy, but they want to teach him how to be one. Uh, yeah. Poku, not innately a thunder guy. Want to teach mm-hmm. him how to be a thunder guy. And the, I think the traits that they're talking about, and I can even, I, I'm, I'm probably need to clarify this, but I believe the traits are like trying hard all the time. Mm-hmm. playing great defense, making the right passes, playing within the flow of the offense, like all these like teamwork glue type of things so that we're all playing the same way. We're all pulling the same rope in the same direction kind yes. of things. And some of that comes with the right personalities. And we're going to get the ultimate contrast of this tonight in Oklahoma city with the Houston Rockets and the Rockets to their credit, destroyed the Oklahoma City Thunder early this season. It is how it feels like that was years ago that they yeah. lost to them by 30. It feels like just forever ago. Um but they yes. did and but the Houston Rockets team is just they're I don't know what they're doing. I've watched them a few times this year outside of that mm-hmm. game and you really? just you're just I'm a sicko. I'm a sicko. Um, yes, it's, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that Houston team. I just don't under, I don't, they don't play with a point guard. I don't care what they say they're trying to do with that backcourt. There's not a point guard on that team. There's nobody really running anything. They're just jacking shots. They don't yeah. play defense. I, there are several arguments to be made and this is where it's like really in this, this kind of stuff is really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. On some level, that stuff doesn't matter at all. If they draft the next Kevin Durant in Houston, all the hand wringing about they don't have an offense, they don't have a defense, they don't have anything going on, they're just rolling the yeah, ball out there, it doesn't matter. Like it won't matter. However, in the next three draft, in the next two drafts, let's say that uh, like Jalen Green hasn't looked great. Like he's a, an explosive athlete. Mm-hmm. He can score sometimes in bunches, but efficient, his efficiency looks like Poku's right now. Yeah. So, like, that's not great. Let's say that he is, like, the OJ Mayo of this draft. Well, there's whiff number one, right? What's mm-hmm. that? You don't like that? You don't... No, no, I, I just I just remembered about OJ Mayo, about how great he looked. Chris Vernon, and this is one of the reasons why Chris Vernon like hates t- tanking, and he talked about it on his show. And like anybody in Memphis, this is just it's it's a Memphis thing. Like <clears throat> Memphis, mm-hmm. if you are in Memphis and you follow the Grizzlies, you like hate tanking. Like yeah. you just they they just despise tanking, and that's fine. 
part of it is part of it is bad bad judgment bad 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 evaluation of talent yeah yeah part of it is and i didn't really get this until i heard him talk about it was the oj mayo thing where he's like listen like oj mayo could have been great if he would have had a team develop him like actually develop him yeah Uh, but by the time that the grizzlies got good he had such an inflated view of himself wouldn't take on the role he was supposed to and just things just fell apart for him. Yeah. And so per- perhaps Jalen Green, I mean, it's still so early. So I'm not saying that like Jalen Green is going to be a failure by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. But if you, if you whiff and then you don't get transcendent stars in the next two drafts, the Thunder start getting their picks again pretty soon. Yeah. And if they don't hit on one of these next ones, well then... You don't have a foundation. You don't have anything to lean back on. There, It is just a hope and a prayer that they will get a transcendent superstar. And it could happen. It could very well happen. They they could get Paolo in this next draft. And I don't know that Paolo is a transcendent star, but maybe he is. And mm-hmm. if he is, then all of the hand-wringing doesn't matter at all. But if they get, But if they get a tier two guy to pair him with another tier two guy and they're not taught how to be great pros. Then you, that's when you start to run into some problems. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the ideal scenario for, for a team like, um, like OKC is to be able to keep guys like Kenrich and Muscala engaged for the entire season. Uh, forget about favors. Like he's there and he's clearly not invested in anything. He he looks okay. He plays professionally. Yeah. He 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 does what he's supposed to do uh, on the court, but you can see like a different fire uh, on Muscala and Kenrich. Um, oh yeah. Maybe I'm wrong, but but this is uh, the way I'm seeing. Yeah. I'm not saying that that favors is bad. No, I, I not, not at all. I don't think that favors ha- just has that much juice left either, though. Is part yeah, of yeah. That, that's possibly the case. Yeah. Possibly the case. I mean, he's just there. Yeah. But but guys like Kenrich. Like the ideal thing, and this is what the, um, was the initial sentence uh, that I was going to, to, to say, is that you should have those, you should have them playing, you should have to them le- um, telling other people what to do, and you lose a little bit more. Uh, that is ideal for OKC. But if I have to pick between a team that plays for too long without a, pur- without a purpose, without um, a development idea in mind, because you can clearly see that OKC plays a certain way. They want to build something. They want mm-hmm. to play uh, a certain brand of basketball. It's a, it's clear. You can see what they uh, what they do on the court. If I have to pick between that, that may cost you five, eight wins more, and being just something that has no structure. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the, the odds is, are important, but uh, yeah. but hey. The structure is extremely important. Yeah. Extremely important. The plan is extremely important. It is. Um, and, 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 and I would say, I would say that like, and some people are like worried about the standings already. Like, stop it. Stop it. Yeah, I'm a bit. I'm a bit worried. And I don't. I'll think tell you to stop it. I will tell you to stop it. Yes, but I, I think that uh, when you win twenty uh, percent of your over under in fifteen percent of the games, you are clearly a little bit ahead. I know that there are circumstances, but I see that this team, whenever they have yeah. 
the problem to me is that whenever Muscala has a good game and he plays seven minutes with Shea, it can happen that OKC is good enough to win a game. Yeah. And this is a sentence that I, I mentioned to a couple of friends they have here in Italy um, about like, why are you picking OKC to go over? And I said, give Shea a functional big man for half a game and he will win you 35, uh, 23 games. Yeah. And, and I still get by that because yeah. I, I think that, yeah, we'll see teams uh, guarding Shea more heavily, but you will see also teams that are not Miami yeah. losing against OKC because they are just not good enough to make a consistent plan for Shea. And if Shea has that night, you're going to win. Mm-hmm. And I think that OKC will, will go over. Now, is this over by a game too? Probably so. Um, I still have them around 23, 25 games for the season, which is not horrible. Still pretty bad. It's still pretty bad, yes. In an 82-game yes, season, it's pretty bad. And remember last yeah. se- remember last season mm-hmm. was not an 82 game season. So like no. that's another like adjustment like mentally that we have to make with like the amount of wins they had this season versus last season if they won 23 games like I don't know what the math is but it's about the same. As Yeah, a bit more. Yeah. Last year they they won like a bit more than than the one that I'm projecting right now. But just because I think that um like they will not get by all star by the all star game at the same amount of uh, of wins. Yeah. I think they will be it will be less than that. Yeah. But because the, it, it is going back it's going to the say to the thing that you say before like the plan is to play both Muscala and Kenrich a bit and all the other guys especially at home. Mm-hmm. Like I I'm sure that they will play a lot of blue guys when they are home. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the Omaledon. We'll see. Maybe not. Maybe though. Here's the thing: is that Maybe. I I believe that everybody on the roster will play. That's that's what I believe: is that everybody on this roster will have their time at some point, and so we can't write off anybody, you know, about any of this. Uh, let's see. Somebody else had a question about the. Th- Thunder's pick situation that I thought would be a good, it's a good refresher to take a look and see. Um, it is from at OKC Mift. Uh, I'd love a little refresher on what all picks we have this year and their protections and all that. So mm-hmm. they have Detroit's pick. If Detroit is the 17th pick or later, which they won't be. So they don't have Detroit's pick. <laughs> No. Uh, they have the Clippers unprotected. See, Andrew, Shengun would have been so much better. It's going to be two second-round picks. We wasted that. No, sorry. <laughs> we get to see Shengun tonight. That would be fun. <laughs> yeah. uh, Clippers unprotected pick, which the Clippers are pretty great. So yeah. right now that would be the 23rd pick. And then they have the Phoenix Suns pick as well protected one through 12 yeah which is also a pick in the 20s so two picks in the 20s which we've seen the thunder take two picks in the 20s and package it for a pick in the teens so -hmm. that's something that is on the table to happen in this next draft as well Uh, and then they have their own pick which is top 14 protected so if this team somehow made the playoffs 
they would lose their pick to Atlanta. So yeah. that is who they have. That's what they have right now. If the mm-hmm. if the season ended today and there was no lottery, they'd have the seventh pick, the twenty third pick, and the twenty ninth pick in the draft. So uh, not great. N- not, but not great. Terrible. Yeah, not great, but not terrible. That's a that's a low end outcome for the Thunder, and they have their own second rounder too, which is the thirty seventh pick yeah. in the draft. Yeah, but but here let, let me state something that I think is extremely important. We don't know yet how the top of the draft will shape out. So we last no year, idea. there was absolutely no way, I think, to trade into the top five of the draft, Yeah. even if you were just outside. This year, it may be a two-man race. And if you hit, awesome. If you don't, maybe, maybe number three is up for grabs. Mm-hmm. Maybe someone doesn't like Jalen Green, uh, sorry, Jalen uh, Duran, and maybe maybe him is a guy that you can get for the right amount of uh, of future assets yeah assets so we don't know yet how flexible the top end of the of the draft will be again i don't expect anyone to to get into the top two top three because that is extremely unlikely unless mm-hmm. you could share on the on the market um and i don't think that OPC is going to do that but uh, like the number four, the number five pick in any draft could be up for grabs. I mean, it was up for grabs when Luca was drafted for just two second round, two and uh, two extra first, yeah. and the, the pick number five. Yep. No, hope stocks is nine. Don't worry. I, I just said Duran because right now he's he's mocked at the uh, at the number three spot. I, I was just making an example. Don't <laughs> worry. I uh, it's not necessarily my pick. I have yet to start looking into prospect. I just watched Gonzaga dismantling a team that I don't remember the name of. So yeah, yeah. I'm a. This is a guy that Alex mentioned. When was this? Two weeks ago. But uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr. Have you watched any of him? Nope, not yet. He's at Milwaukee, and he's playing for Milwaukee because his dad's a coach, and mm-hmm. he looks... We talk about the Thunder needing shooting. Like, he's this mm-hmm. big shooting wing that would be awesome. <laughs> like Trey Murphy? Oh, he's better than Murph, man. Yeah, I expect that. I was just thinking about big wings that can shoot the basketball. Yeah, he's going to be a lot better than Murph. And Murph is good. I'm. I'm. I'm Murphy's okay. Yeah, he hasn't had. He has not been what we had hyped him to be <laughs> this season. As have none of the Pelicans. How about that? Yeah, but again, it's it's. Um, have you seen how the Pelicans play? I mean, how how many kickouts in the corner? It's miserable. I mean, they, yeah. they they're they're missing anybody with gravity. That's what they're missing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. They need, they need Zion or NBI to come back. Badly, badly. Um, also, PBJ. Who would not want to root for a guy named PBJ? <laughs> you do you call do you call them PBJs? You know what PBJs are? You know what I'm talking about? I think you told me already, um, but I I don't remember exactly. And no, we don't have PBJs here anyway. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Favorite? Yeah, that one. I I, I thought it was about before? something about. No, we we don't really use peanut butter here. You've never had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. No, I did have one when I was uh, in. Uh, oh, you did. Purdue. Oh, you did. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Were you impressed? Uh, some. 
Okay. <laughs> we just don't use peanut butter. You don't here. use peanut butter. I no. Uh, I'm. Do you, do you guys do pancakes for breakfast? You guys do that? No. You don't do pancakes. Oh my gosh. No, it's it's. We are in a different kind of world here. Yeah. yeah. We have croissant and cappuccino here for breakfast. Yeah, that's pretty nice. Um, if you look at me and you ask what my breakfast is, is a black coffee, short yeah. espresso, nothing else. But yeah. um, that's not the usual Italian way. What's the, what is the, what's what's the typical Italian breakfast? Oh, well, when I was young, it was milk, milk and and, and cereals, milk and cookie, uh, bread with uh, Nutella. If you yeah. want salted and a toast, uh, which is like I don't know if you have this. Uh, squared sandwiches with ham and cheese in, in Italy we call it toast but it's not probably the same naming that you have there huh wow I'm a, I put peanut butter on my pancakes too we're using a lot of peanut butter man <laughs> a lot of peanut butter here um, uh, do you like chocolate peanut butter uh, Penny wants to know Penny I I never tried it. You've never, so have you ever, I, you've never had like a Reese's cup? Reese's? The, the orange one? The orange one? Should I say that I found those extremely not my, my taste? Really? Like, yes. Wow. This is mind blowing stuff. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a taste that we don't use frequently. Yeah. Here. So it's, what's your favorite? It's like, what's your favorite candy? Right, candy bar. My favorite. Do you have candy? Um, like, what, like, what's the candy? No, bars? I have. But let me let me find the the translation to this. Okay. Before I say something extremely extremely stupid, um, <laughs> I, I, I I have a candy that I really like. Yeah. Uh, uh, licorice, like the wheels. Yeah. The black wheels. Those the, ones. The black ones. Yes. Uh, Stop the pod. Why? No peanut butter. No Reese's. Licorice. And you like black licorice? Wow. Yeah. It's my favorite candy. It's your favorite candy. Yes. That is, is that bad? I mean, it is It is a bottom tier candy. Like, there's no doubt. Wow. <laughs> really? Are we... Okay. We have 100%. different tastes. That's 100%. fine. 100%. We need to get you here, stat, to do some candy taste test stuff. Yeah. Okay. But, like, I'm... It's not that in Italy, uh, the the thing that I just discussed with you is the best... It's the go-to candy. Yeah. It's that I don't like, in general, overly sweet things. Yeah. I don't like those. Wow. So licorice to me is a little bit spicy, so I like it. Yeah. And I, no, for I get example, it. My I, I actually kind of will. I will eat it, and it's not. I don't. I don't find it to be too bad. But it is a. Uh, is a for example, for me, like white chocolate or milk chocolate. It's it's not chocolate. Dark chocolate. Should not. No dark dark seventy five or more. Yeah, I like uh, dark chocolate too. I'm, it's I'm the only of, way to go. I'm kind of with that. Kind of with that. Um, and I like so sorry for then I'm yeah. gonna stop. I like, for example, chocolate with pepper. That I what really in like. the world is chocolate with pepper? 
Okay, we really have to. We really have to end this pod now with the chocolate with pepper comment. All right, thanks so much for listening. You never tried it? No, I've never. No, never. Wow, you should. You should. That that is extreme. You pepper it yourself? No, it's. um, What does this mean? I don't know what that means. Red pepper, red pepper, and chocolate. Oh, red pepper. Okay. Yes, not pepper. Sorry. Yes, red pepper. Okay, that's still still real weird. But I don't know. Never had it. I'd I'd like to try it. That you should try. I will try it. I will try it. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll talk to you guys again on Friday.